Howdy and welcome to the Laptop Empires podcast. I'm Mike, he's Bobby, and today I want to have a conversation about online courses and affiliate programs. And Bobby, I really started thinking about this because, you know, you introduced me to the blogging world and now I got all these blogging peep friends and all this kind of stuff. And I just keep seeing the panic, the panic related, the pandemic related to affiliate sales and uh you know some just some programs getting slashed or taken away you know or people being worried about that happening and so i kind of want to talk about that a little bit because i want to get your perspective and, and hear what you're seeing with uh you know these affiliate programs and then just talk about courses and how they're being affected and you know all that kind of stuff so i mean that's I think this is more interesting. I this is something that's going on right now, and you know, I want more get your thoughts and perspective on it. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's been really interesting. I think you know, obviously, we've had this massive shift in how everybody's living and working. Like your kids are in the background. Like I think everybody that's listening right now are like, they they're like, man, I'm here with my kids. Like business is probably down a little bit. It's a, it's a weird time, and uh, I think specifically for what you asked, like in the in the blogging world. And I can only talk from the personal finance blogging world, although I have seen some other stuff as well. But for what immediately happens when there is some kind of financial crisis is a lot of the affiliate programs pull back where they'll either just pause their programs completely uh, or they'll wake up back their commissions or they'll only allow like their top affiliate performers to continue on promoting the product. And so, you know, obviously, like if you have an affiliate marketing blog or website, or if it's just a big part of your income stream, you know, you can go from doing really, really well to all of a sudden not doing well at all overnight and you have no control over it. So what I've what I've seen is, you know, obviously this program's dropping, but then you kind of see this shift a little bit for people in their mind as they grapple with it of like, okay, I should probably have my own product so that I have more control. Because all these things are great, like ad revenue is awesome and ad revenue has dropped for a lot of people as well because advertisers just aren't spending, right? Especially on like YouTube and and things like that. I didn't even think about that because, you know, I'm looking at it from the perspective of an agency owner. I'm like, wow, this is really the time to double down on your advertising efforts if you have a profitable funnel because the costs have dropped so much. But I didn't think about the fact that these big brands have pulled back, which has led to the cheaper advertising costs. Is actually yeah. hurting the bloggers and the YouTubers that are, you know, yes. using display ads. Yeah, it's like a double whammy because you're having the affiliate programs pull back, and then at the same time your ad revenue is dropping, your RPMs are dropping like crazy. And it's actually it's funny because we, you know, Coral has a YouTube channel, and it's it's not a huge channel yet, but it's grown quite a bit. And even her like her RPMs, as soon as the stuff all started hitting, like her ad revenue dropped for, you know, it was kind mm-hmm. of temporary. It dropped through March. 
and then everything's starting to sort of come back now. But you know, there's definitely an impact. So then you start to see people after they kind of go through that. It's like everybody is happy with affiliate revenue and ad revenue when it's good, and they're like, "Man, this is so great! Like making tons of money, not having to do a whole lot of selling, not having to do a whole lot of promotion, just got the traffic coming in and converting." And then when it stops. Then you go, oh, crap, I actually don't have very much control over my business. There's a, you know, a fear kind of people will go like, wow, this is not the safest business model. So then I've seen just a lot of people start kind of thinking out loud about like, how can I start doing online courses as a way to either mitigate income losses or just have more control on the revenue of my business and all of that, which, you know, for us, obviously our main business or our main revenue stream with Laptop Empires are online course sales and monthly recurring revenue. So, you know, it's just interesting to see everybody kind of take this shift, at least in the short term of like, where, you know, how do I start selling my own stuff? So it's interesting to watch right now. And I know, I think that it'll bounce back eventually as far as like affiliate income and ad revenue. And, you know, this is a, a moment in time that I think will eventually get back to where it was, you know, how long it takes, who knows. But I do think now a lot of people are going to be looking to online courses and figuring out how they can transition to their own products which is a lot different than doing affiliate marketing. So it's going to be interesting to watch people kind of go through that. I think it's really interesting as you're talking about like the drop is causing people to go, oh man, I, I really want to start looking at info products. I know you've talked about before, like, you know, you know some heavy hitters in the blogging space that rely on affiliate income and, and that they'll ask you stuff about courses and things because they're just intrigued by, you know, what you're doing and they want to get in on that and they want to diversify. But it's so similar. I think back, you know, such big influencers for me were these kind of like old school email copywriters and things like that. And Mm -hmm. a lot of them talk about how they really cut their teeth selling affiliate products via email and they would build up traffic that would grow their list and then they would sell products. And sometimes they do it across different verticals, you know, in different niches. And so you might have a copywriter that would have a basic site in the fitness space and then one in the dating space and then one in the finance space and they would write different things and sell different things and like do that and they all talk about how when google started like cracking down and eliminating some of the more i guess gaming ways to build traffic mm-hmm. and those went away like almost overnight they, they took these huge hits in income and that really turned a lot of them to writing info products and yeah. now you see a lot of these guys and they're teaching people how to do the emails or they're in a single vertical and they've built up, you know, differently, whatever it may be. And it feels kind of similar. Like I've seen, you know, their stories. I mean, these guys were well before I got started, but, you know, it seems kind of similar. So I think it's good. It's not even just creating your own products, but just diversifying in general. Like I think is smart. And I'm all about like be focused and do one thing and get really good at it. But once you get one thing in place, like if you've got a blog, once you get your traffic rolling and you get your you've got the affiliate stuff coming in, you got to be thinking about, okay, what's the next step, right? Maybe it's focusing on increasing conversions to grow your list or creating your own product or increasing sponsorships or whatever you should like, oh, wait, or maybe it's a different platform, you know, like you don't want to start off doing this be everywhere approach, but you want to just every time you master and outsource a layer, you want to add another layer, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, and I think though, I mean, Having your own products, especially info products, uh, definitely info products over physical products, in my opinion, like it gives you so much more control and you can pivot and you can change things. I mean, we've even seen that with with our course, like with one of our courses, like Facebook ads for bloggers. You know, how many times have we tweaked that thing? You know, we're always 
talking about that one in particular, you know, and it's, you can kind of learn what people need, what the demand is and you can shift. And that's a nice thing about info products that you don't really have with affiliate products. You don't have control over the product itself or even the messaging around the product. You're just trying yeah. to get traffic in front of what they have set up. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, you know, one of the, the interesting thing that I think this is going to cause uh, or kind of like a, a positive byproduct of this is I think people are going to build much healthier businesses on the other side of like, you know, let's say we are going into an extended recession and let's say it is for the next two years. I don't know. I'm just guessing, you know, everybody's just guessing at this point, but it's harder to build a business in a recession. We've all heard that. I mean, you and I didn't have businesses, I think in the last recession, so we didn't necessarily go through that, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's just common sense. I mean, it make, it's hard, things get harder, but the cool thing is when things get more difficult in your business and when it's harder to generate more revenue, you get more creative and you start thinking about new ways to do it. So I do think a lot of people that were kind of, I don't want to say easy money because I don't want to make it sound like affiliate, like if you rely on affiliate marketing or ad revenue that it's like necessarily the easier way because there's a lot that goes into it. And you, I mean, well, you gotta have traffic and all that kind of stuff. Good. Here's an example. And I think maybe, maybe this isn't exactly what you're getting at, but it's what made me think of is like, I think we've seen a real rise of influencers in quotes. Y'all don't see me doing the finger quotes, <laughs> but you know, influencers, right. you know, in which I there are legitimate influencers, you know, but then there's this huge percentage of influencers that are people that don't actually have a skill or a, you know, substance to what they're teaching. They just, their skill is building a massive audience, but they're not, they don't have good products. They don't, they're not really giving true valuable information. And so I think what this is going to hurt is I think, people are are going to be more leery about investing money and so when they're making an investment they're they're going to vet things a little harder they're going to look a little deeper and so i think you're going to see this kind of hurt the negative connotation influencers you know the quote influencers and help you know, the people that have a legitimate, useful product have real value to bring to people's lives and can really, really make change. So I think it's a little bit different with the affiliate stuff because just because, you know, I don't have a problem with affiliate marketers at all. And I know sometimes, you know, people can give affiliate marketing a bad rap, but I think it's awesome. And I know it's huge, you know, in the blogging space. But I think if you're doing some very, like if all you're doing is you're taking the program and you're stuffing links randomly in your website and just hoping you have enough traffic and that kind of stuff, that's going to be less effective. I think you have to get more sophisticated. You've got to be growing your list. You've got to be actively promoting your affiliate programs inside of your emails. You need to be coming up with complimentary bonuses and useful, you know, tools and things to kind of help with whatever that affiliate product is, if you can, you know, I mean, I know that doesn't apply to some, but I think that that's going to be key. You're just going to have to, it's going to have to change if you want it to be effective. Yeah. I mean, when I was thinking about this, when I was thinking about like the businesses that are going to struggle, you know, if we do have a situation where, you know, affiliate programs really are down, let's say they're, you know, even down 20, 30%. I mean, you know, across the board, I think that the businesses that have a very shallow approach of, we're going to rank for a keyword and then we're just going to direct people from, you know, those keywords to an affiliate product. And then we, 
get the money from those affiliate sales. And if that's your, I mean, if that's your whole thing where that's all you've done and you're not doing email marketing and you don't have any retargeting, any kind of like complex retargeting where you're, you're bringing people back to offers, uh, or if you don't have any kind of bonuses to incentivize people, I think if you have more of that shallow approach of just like, we're putting this out, we're just going to get a lot of traffic and a lot of affiliate revenue. I think you're going to be hurt the fastest. And, and those people are generally hurt the fastest when, you know, let's say their rankings drop in Google. We've seen that before where people are crushing True. in and making tons and tons of money. And then like an algorithm app update happens and they lose 50% of, of their revenue. Yeah, overnight. yeah. Lose like overnight. Now I will say this on the flip side. I know people that run blogs that primarily rely on affiliate marketing that are doing really, really well right now, but it's because they've built out so many different, you know, somebody that comes to mind is, is uh, Robert Farrington from the College Investor. You and I both have a ton of respect for him. I've become friends with him over the last probably two years now, and I just have a, a good idea of how his business works. And he does great with affiliate marketing, but it's not shallow. He builds out entire content verticals. He's got an entire team. He's got a really good retargeting strategy. He's got a good paid traffic strategy. He's got a good email strategy. He's got a good user experience website. Like it's very fleshed out and it's taken years. You know, he's been doing this for years, even though he is in the financial product space where there's a lot of pain going on right now with the affiliate marketing, he's going to be just fine because he's built out such a deep business promoting affiliate products. So I, I think people like him are going to survive really well. And I think people that are just kind of more on that, like I said, shallow side of just getting links in front of traffic without right. any anything to back it up or do more, they're going to struggle. And I think those people are going to be looking toward uh, doing info products, which isn't a bad move. The, the reason I think a lot of people don't do info products is like you said, they don't necessarily have like some kind of thing that they can teach or that they want to teach. And I think a lot of people are just afraid of selling. And oh, I that think fear is huge. Yeah. And, and that's the thing that I think is going to have to change. Or if you're somebody that's listening and you, you do primarily have a blog that relies on affiliate marketing and ad revenue. And if your stuff is down right now, and if you have a course idea and you want to do something, you have to get very comfortable with the fact that you're going to have to sell the hell out of that course. Like you have to sell it. It doesn't matter that I was listening to a podcast last night and it was two guys talking about basically a product launch that didn't go as well as they wanted it to. And one of the things was the the guy that was putting out the product was saying, you know, I had this big audience, like I'd been building trust for years. I put this product out that I felt like it was a good product and it just didn't go as well as I thought it was going to be. And that's, I think the misconception. And I used to have this too, <laughs> where it's like, you think, okay, if I've got an audience and I've got a big email list, uh, or even not, maybe not even a big, I've got an email list, I've got an audience, my people trust me. So they'll totally buy my product. It doesn't work like that. Even if you have the best product in the world, you have to understand how to sell it with great sales pages, great email copy, retargeting, messaging, like all of the things that we talk about on this podcast, you have to understand how to actually do those things and you have to put time and effort yep. into them. And frequency. Yep. I think this is one that a lot of people miss. Like, you're scared to mention it multiple times, right? Or you're, you're scared of being repetitive when the reality is most people don't see most of what you're doing. You need to say the same thing over and over and over and over. You need to sell the same thing over and over and over and keep making those pitches. I mean, it's just so, so important. And that yeah. fear holds people back so much. Like it's just... It's so frustrating. And, you know, you're talking about this, that they're this, like, I got a big audience. I've got a great product. Like, it's not even only this, the fear of selling. We're not selling enough or not selling right or all of those things. There's also just because you think you have a great product doesn't mean you do. 
Yeah. You know, and I don't know specifically this person might have had a great product, but I think oftentimes people think they have a great product and they really don't. Or more commonly, they think they have a great product and maybe they do. Maybe the material is fantastic, but they've got bad offer, right? They've mm -hmm. got bad positioning. And so here's an example. I'm going to try and create once. Hopefully I don't mess this up doing this off the top of my head. <laughs> Let's say you're creating a social media course, right? So your idea is like, I'm going to teach people how to get more engagement on their social media. People are upset. Like I post on social media, I get no engagement. Like, mm. how do I get the following? How do I get the engagement? That offer of like, we're going to teach you how to create content on such and such platform to get more engagement and grow your following. That's a bad offer. Right. Because you're looking at and going like, this is the thing always people always complain about. Nobody likes my stuff. I don't have the audience, but you always have to dig a level deeper. And so the one level deeper is why do they want the following? Why do they want the engagement? To sell more stuff, right? So your offer isn't, we're going to teach you how to create content on this platform to get more engagement. It's we're going to teach you how to create high engagement type content that drives sales and creates buyers. Yeah, That's the offer. That's the better offer. And so people don't dig deep enough like that and they don't get that concept. And so not only are they scared to sell, but they're not selling right. Or they're not positioning it right. They're not saying the right thing, you know? And that's, huge. Yeah. I, I mean, I really think, you know, when I, when I see people, I'm going to try to give people like a starter, a starter pack, <laughs> like a booster pack for if you are trying to, if you have an info product idea and you want it to be, you want a better chance of being successful with it. Like, let's say your, your revenue is down, you're, you know, you're like, oh man, I need to do something else. I think what people normally do when they, they start selling courses is they go, okay, I'm going to create the product and I'm going to ask my audience. Well, actually, first I'm going to ask my audience if they want this thing. And if an, some random amount of people say, yes, I want this thing. And it's usually very arbitrary, like, oh, well, 15 people in my audience said they want this thing. So I'm going to sell it to everybody. Right. And even though they only talked to like 0.05% of their entire audience, like they made a, a data decision based on that. So then they go, okay, do you want this thing? Cool. I'm going to make it. And then they make the product and then they do a very, very, I'm going to say weak. I'm not trying to make this like a negative thing, but a very weak sales page. And basically no email marketing strategy, but they do use urgency. So it's like, we've got a small amount of interest. They created a product that they don't know if they've got the messaging right for it or not. And then they throw up a sales page that's all feature driven copy, like just talks about what's in the course and it's not benefit driven at all. And here's then, a, here's the teachable graphic of the modules in the course. Yeah. Like here's, the, here's, here's an the FAQ. Button. Here's the teachable thing. Here's the buy button. And then they throw urgency. This is only open until blah, blah, blah. Right. And that's not enough. <laughs> like that will, the urgency alone will probably get you some sales and your most super, super loyal fans and followers will potentially buy the thing. But then you're talk that the people that don't buy in that situation, it's like the, the 80 to 90% of your audience that's on the fence. They like right. you, Right. This thing could be cool for them, but they don't really see how it could transform their lives. And you didn't make a good enough argument over the course of the launch to actually get them to convert and, and jump off the fence, right? You didn't do enough. And that's what I think, at least I see that the most when I see like my, my blogger friends that try to make a product. It's like they, they skip the parts that are very important. The messaging, like you talked about, figuring out how can you, I don't want to say sell the dream to people, 
but what's the end result? Like, what's the thing that your your course is actually going to do for them? How is it going to change their life? You know, they just say like, here's this course <laughs> and, and it's a good course. It'll be a good thing for you. And here's all the cool stuff that we put in the course. Uh, and that stuff's important on some level, but it's not very important. The other thing I, I see a lot is, you know, I'm going to throw stones somebody because that's going to help me position, which can be powerful. But I feel like that's an easy one. I feel like people do all the time. Like I'm not going to actually sell my product. I'm just going to, I'm going to position it against somebody else's product. Right. Yeah. That's that too. And then the other one is price. Like people just like way undercut on the price because they're, they think that that'll push people over. And that's not what pushes people over either. What pushes people over is showing them how it's going to transform their life and then making a convincing argument to back it up, which is done in the sales page and in the emails. Right. Like right. This, the sales page. I mean, you can look at our sales page for Facebook side hustle and it's, it's a beast. It's a big, it's a big sales page, but it covers a lot. But you know, you, I don't necessarily think you have to have a sales page that is as long as ours. Ours just works really well. But what it does is it, it tells the story, right? It shows people the transformation that they could have very story driven. And then it addresses all of the objections that people have. And it's not just an FAQ block, you know, where it's like, Oh, you know, simple answers. It, it really goes through each objection and it transforms people's thought process on what the objection is. And it flips it from a negative to a positive. Then you add the emails on top of it that you're really selling the course, right? And still addressing objections and all that kind of stuff. That's the meat that gets people off the fence, you know, and then things like retargeting ads on the back end and stuff like that. So I, I don't want people to feel like they're listening to this and like, oh man, that's this is why I don't do info products. But at the end of the day, if you want to have a successful info product, I think you have to do more. You have to go deeper than just urgency and a very feature-driven sales page and the product that you asked a couple people about. Those are the people like when they do that and they go, oh, I only did 10 sales over the course of a week. And that they were doing the numbers before and they were looking at the conversion percentages like, oh, if I could just convert 2% of my audience, I'm going to make $500,000 in a weekend. You know, I think people start playing that game and then they, they go, oh, well, I only sold like seven courses or whatever. You didn't attempt all of the other stuff that is what actually sells the course. There's the work. There's the, the no fun stuff, right? Yeah. Validating your idea isn't fun, you know, and actually... <laughs> I'm kind of torn because this is a good topic. I think we need to pull and put into another another podcast yeah. episode. But right. I, I would say two things very quickly about this like selling thing. Like number one is if you are not comfortable fighting for a sale, mm -hmm. arguing and advocating for a sale, right? Like put on my lawyer hat. If you're not willing to go and make a case for why they should give you money for your product, if you're not willing to do that, your product's not good enough because you don't believe in it, right? Like that's the key. Like the, the, any bad feelings about sales come down to your inner reservations about the value and transformative power of the thing you create. So I think that that's big, big thing that you got to keep in mind there. Yeah. Well, and something that just came to my mind when you're talking about the value of the course. And I, I think what, what people get hung up on, at least the people that I've seen and talked to that are afraid of selling is that they don't want to come across as scammy or they don't want to alienate their audience like they're afraid of burning trust with their audience. And that's all fine. Like I think having trust with an audience is, is great. But at the end of the day, like you can't feed your family with trust 
from your audience, right? Like it's not a currency, it's not a thing. So like, if you're so afraid that you just don't even ever sell to them, then what's the point of having the trust with the audience just so you can feel good about stuff? You know, like it doesn't really help you. And so I think what a lot of people will get into is they go, okay, well, you know, I don't want to sell something where like, I think the Amazon FBA space is like very bad about this, where they have guys standing in front of like jets, like, oh, I make a hundred thousand dollars a month. And you can tell it's like a rented jet and like they <laughs> inflated their numbers and stuff like that. I think a lot of people look to the super scammy stuff and go, oh, I just don't want to be like that. So I'm not going to do anything. But there's a vast difference between that and like what we do with our course, where we say a thousand to two thousand dollars a month. We're not telling people they can make a hundred grand a month running Facebook ads, right? Because that, you know, most people aren't going to run make a hundred grand a month running Facebook ads when it's a side hustle. Like that's just not the way it works. But you can't use like the scary or you can't use the most extreme versions of people selling courses as a reason for you not to do it or to be afraid to do it and come off as scammy. Like it's just, and it's like almost like a, a, a procrastination or a way to avoid it. Like, oh, you know, you see these people doing scammy stuff. I don't want to do that. So then they just don't do anything or they way undersell their course and they just, they go too far away from selling the benefits of the course and they just kind of, you know, say, hey, here's this course, please buy it because you trust me. And that just doesn't work. Right. Yeah. And I mean, we could talk all day about this like fear of selling and everything. And I, it's interesting too. And I think I'm going to put this on here for us to do one of the next episodes because I know there's a way you can sell without being scammy and being very value driven and, and like helping people right yeah. while selling. And so I think we need to talk about that on this though, before we wrap up on the topic of like affiliates, info products and that kind of thing. Cause affiliate, like you said, there's still people that are doing really well with affiliates and you might have oh, to yeah. be more sophisticated with it, but there's something about owning your own product and having your own product that gives you so much flexibility. And we've seen so many people that have done things like where maybe they've taken a product and they've just like drastically discounted it with what's going on. Or, you know, in the case like digital marketer gave access to their course for a month and now they had like 70,000 people sign up for free. And now they're marketing to those people now that that's ending, they're giving away two of their high ticket courses that's like $3,000 worth of products to get people to stay in the, the monthly membership that's like 50 bucks. And they're going to convert a huge amount of that and it's going to help people, you know? And so you have flexibility to do things like that uh, when you have your own info product because you make up the rules. You can do whatever you want, right? Yeah. But the other thing is you have the ability to just create out of thin air. And that's another thing I've seen people doing where, you know, I, I've seen somebody that has a very high quality business creation and marketing product that's created a uh, like a six week recession proof your business course. Mm -hmm. And you might listen to that and go, oh, wow, that is really just like, you know, taking advantage of the situation, taking advantage of these people. But like one, he's only marketing it to the people that are already in his audience, which, you know, because he's using remarketing. So there's already trust there. And I know because I've seen the guy's products and taken the guy's products, like it's going to be legit. He, you know, even in his lead mag, he gave away, he created like a 50 page guide to give to people to ramp up to him selling this thing. And there was more information in that than like most courses, but you looked at it and it was about cutting the fluff, doing certain things to protect yourself. And so like he created this on the fly, right? And it's not going to be the most highly polished course, right? Like it's not going to be, I love courses like I mean, I've talked about this before. I'm a big fan of Amy Porterfield and her courses are beautiful, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> the PDFs, the videos, the transcripts, the worksheets, the graphics, like it's just so nice. And that's awesome. 
but her content crushes too. And when it comes to this thing, it's really about your content being really good is the most yeah. important thing. And so with everything that's going on, and it could be any situation, it could be something like this, it could be something related to the economy, it could be a world event, like it could just be a trend, you know, like if you see something you can give value, you can create a product overnight and start selling it. And if, if the content is good, and it's from your expertise and you actually, you know, can help people with it. So, but it's easier, you know, somebody, somebody like you or I, if we were like, here's an opportunity, we're going to create a product this, this week and we're going to sell it next week for our audience. You and I could pull that off because we're already in this space and we've learned it and we've figured it out. And sorry, you guys can probably hear my newborn cry in the background. Welcome to uh, Corona 2020. <laughs> um, but, you know, if you're not in that space, you're not doing it yet you're not going to know what to do or what things can be cut or how to shortcut it, you know, that kind of stuff. And so, you know, that's to me is just another benefit, especially when things get crazy is that you have more flexibility to alter direction or make quick decisions to help grow your business and help more people. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think uh, just to kind of put a bow on this, because I don't know if this, we didn't necessarily have like a super rigid plan for like what this podcast episode was going to be, but no, I think more of a conversation. Yeah. yeah I think f- for me, just af- as we've talked this out, I think let's say we do go through some hard times, you know, or, or let's say it's a little mm-hmm. bit harder to make money in the next year or whatever. If you're a, an online business owner, I think you have to focus on going deeper. Like, I think that's the, the overall like general sentiment of this was like, if you have an affiliate marketing business, you have to make sure that it's a healthy affiliate marketing business that goes more is more in depth than just getting affiliate offers in front of traffic, right? Because traffic can go away and affiliate offers can go away. So what are you going to do when that happens? You have to kind of build out more retargeting, uh, you know, more, uh, more revenue streams, you know, like different affiliate products in different segments. So there's that version of going deeper. But if you are somebody that is like, you know what, I really want the safety and almost, it almost feels like I'm not trying to like sell like annuities. It almost feels like that though. If you want the safety during a recession, but if you do want more control over your revenue streams and you want to go the info product route, you just have to go a little bit deeper than what I think what most people do in, in that to me is the sales page, the messaging, like selling the the idea of the transformation that's behind the course and your email marketing plan. Like I think if you just kind of focus a little bit more on those and don't take the surface level approach, you're going to have more success. And I mean, like you can even listen to this podcast. We've talked about email, you know, exactly how we do our email launches. We've talked about how we do our sales page. We've had our sales page copywriter come on. Like the information is out there and it's not just on our podcast, but we've put all this information out there. So just start digging into that stuff because that's what really sells the courses. It's not necessarily just the product and your audience and trust. Sell it first, right? Like this is not, this is going to be scary (laughs) if you're listening to this, but like, I'm a big believer that like you should sell your product before you build it. Yeah. Right. Make sure you can sell it. And because you can sell it and then deliver it live as coaching, or you can sell it and then the demand is there and then you can hustle to produce it and get it out there or you can drip the content, right? You know, there's so many different ways to do it. And so don't spend all of the time. We've done this, right? Where we've had product ideas and we've sold it and maybe it didn't sell. So we didn't create it, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. or we, and you just, you don't know, like that's a big thing. Like you shouldn't spend all the time building the thing, you know, until you try to sell it. I have one thing for you, Bobby. I want to to leave on this note. So if you're an affiliate marketer, do you think that it would make sense to invest more of your real estate, your blog, 
to promoting courses as affiliates over products the way things are going on right now. And my thought here is there are so many affiliate marketers that they're selling products. There's, you know, they're selling ClickFunnels or Active Campaign or a student loan, whatever. You know, there's like all these different things. And they're these big companies that have this structured thing. But my thought is a lot of these people could take some of their traffic and put it toward a info product, which is going to be higher ticket and is going to be a more stable cut. You know, so like, for example, these big programs are cutting from 30% commissions to 15% commissions or something like that. You know, you and I are still going to be offering 40% commission on our course to our affiliates, you know? And so you're, you're usually looking at bigger commissions and because they're a smaller business like this, like info product creators aren't going to slash their affiliate programs because they need that income. They need that referral traffic. So do you think if you're an affiliate marketer, it would be wise to start looking into good proven programs? There's many out there that can fit the brand and help their audience and, and spending more time on that. Yeah. I mean, I would test it out. I think what happens a lot with affiliate marketers, especially in, in my space, like a lot of affiliate marketers promote, don't promote courses as like, you know, let's say if they have a student loan article, they're not going to promote a student loan course uh, right, right. the first thing because it's colder traffic. Like a lot of times you're just getting somebody that's coming in from a Google search, even if it's high intent, you know, it, it's one of those things where it's going to be harder to convert people on a course sometimes. But I mean, a lot of courses have a really, like for us, we have a very well fleshed out sales system pretty much, right? We've done all the work on the copywriting and all that stuff. Um, so I think you should certainly test different offers. Um, usually what people go to first with affiliate marketing is if there's a product that used to convert really, really well, they'll try to find an alternative that has a similar affiliate program. And that's just like, there's a lot of like swapping that goes in. It's like, hey, this program's doing better. So they'll just go, okay, this product doesn't pay out very well anymore. So we're going to promote this product now. Like with financial products, people are more careful about that because the FTC has been kind of like checking in on things like that. And if you're saying that this is the best product and you don't actually believe it's the best product, you're kind of putting yourself at risk. I was uh, about to ask that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there, there was a student loan company uh, that got popped for that pretty big where they were saying that their reviews were totally non-biased and everything was like totally above board and they only do the best products. And really what they were doing was having lenders like pay to be at the top spot and things like that. Or they were saying, if you don't wow. pay out this much, we're going to move you down to number four and stuff like that. And the FTC caught on to that. They got fined like 300 grand for it. So, but that's kind of what happens a lot in affiliate marketing. People look for like the similar offer that, that still pays out. But I would, you know, if you're somebody that doesn't do that or you don't feel like that's the right move for you, what I would do is I would look at some courses that are, if the course matches the intent and I, I would look at the sales page and look at all the things that have to do with the course and have a conversation with the course creator and say like, hey, what kind of conversion rates do you see? Like, do you have other affiliates that do well with this? And I would try it. I would test it out because even for Millennial Money Man, like I see, you know, I do, I'm starting to do uh, many more course sales than I used to. And it's just by, you know, getting the right, putting that placement in the right article um, that matches whatever the intent is, you know, that course. And it doesn't help people that are actually searching for that topic or that are getting to that. So the answer is test and find out, but I, I would consider it because it is, it might not convert as much, right? Like the conversion percentage might be lower, but the payouts are going to be a lot bigger in a lot of cases. Like instead of getting a lot of $10 conversions, you're getting, you know, one $200 conversion. Uh, and it's right. something to definitely test out. Cool. Well, I don't have anything else for today. I think this was, this was a fun podcast. I like these kind of conversational, like we didn't have a direction in this podcast and I think we kind of veered at times, but yeah. it's still all really great information. And I think, you know, something like this is things, it's something that's on people's minds 
right? Mm-hmm. And I think even, you know, I, this is not to say that info product sales aren't down, you know, just like affiliate stuff is. You just have a little bit more control and a little bit more ability to adapt to the situation that's going on, uh, adapt your offers and, and, and that your, your messaging and that kind of stuff. So anyway, appreciate it, man. Thank you, everyone that's listening. Please subscribe. We're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, just really uh, Spotify, anywhere that you listen to your podcast. We appreciate you listening and see you next week. You've been listening to the Laptop Empires podcast with Mike Yonda and Bobby Hoyt. For more information and the resources mentioned in this episode, go to laptopempires.com forward slash podcast. We out.